0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, welcome. It's good to be alive today, isn't it? Yes. About about A whole lot better than the alternative. hmm. Fletch left mom at home, did, she, did he? Oh, they're in here? Okay, good, good. It's good to see you guys. Uh, let's see, Mike and Andrea's ministering at a church that they planted years ago uh, in Rushville. And uh, Mike's preaching there today, so we'll, let's just say a quick prayer for Mike. Father, we thank you for our brother. We just pray, Lord, that as he proclaims, that there would be a release of your glory and the power of your kingdom. And so we bless Mike and Andrea and say, Lord, let them be a blessing uh, back to this church that they have such a strong affection for, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we've been looking at testimony, you know, and and my ability to come up with just titles for messages and stuff like that. I thought, oh, testimony declarations. Anybody got a testimony? (laughs) As we've looked at that, last week we looked at that, and we looked at a, a passage in John, where Jesus is sharing about his own testimony, his testimony about himself, John the Baptist's testimony about Jesus. We saw that the very works that Jesus did testify to who he was. The Father in heaven spoke and testified who Jesus was. And Jesus in that passage even says the scriptures testify to him. And so we saw a fivefold. Uh, emphasis, acknowledging the testimony that Jesus was the son of God. Mm -hmm. And we encouraged you to, uh, to take this and apply it to our own lives and start seeing what is it that we're saying about ourselves? What is it the father's saying about us? What does the scripture say about us as sons and daughters? You know, what is the testimony of the Holy Spirit about who you are? And so we're looking at that and, and we're realizing that there's really power in the release of testimony. What do you think God's going to do this morning? What is it that, that was in your heart to declare as you got up this morning saying, Lord, today, today is going to be amazing. 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 Dino-mites next. <laughs> yeah. Just, just looking at that and seeing, seeing what happens. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, Randy Clark. Randy Clark. Er, er, does anybody not know who Randy Clark is? If you don't know Randy Clark, okay, there's a few. He, he was a vineyard pastor in St. Louis that uh, yes. went up to Toronto and was sharing up there when all of a sudden that incredible blessing outpouring that went for years and years and years and years and years, and and is still going, took place. And he's gone all over the world, and he's ministered, and he's been used of the Lord for miracles, signs, wonders, healings, just all sorts of incredible stuff. I've gone to a school, and I heard him the other day He and Bill Johnson kind of go in together on this school of healing and impartation. My son and I had the privilege of going about, I don't know, three, four years ago we went to that and it was just amazing. But I heard them say that if they announce before the service that tumors cannot exist in the presence of the Lord, by the time the evening's over, they will have all sorts of testimonies of people who had tumors that no longer have tumors. It's like, whoa. Now, this is just an observation that they're sharing with us. And he says, but he's also noticed that in services where he has not made a declaration that tumors cannot coexist in the presence of God, that nothing happens. Now, they're not making a doctrinal statement, but they're making an observation. It's interesting of what happens. I want to encourage you as you get up in the morning, as you get into the presence of the Lord, if there is, if there is a, a, an impression that the Holy Spirit's putting on you that may be outside your comfort zone you've never even thought of, and all of a sudden there's a, there's a a desire to express something that maybe be really outside the box for you. I would encourage you to express it. And see what happens. If it comes to pass, wonderful. If it doesn't come to pass, no no biggie. Don't. If you're if you're submitted before the Lord and your desire is intimacy with him, then if you take a step trying to pursue a greater intimacy a greater activation of the kingdom in your life and it doesn't come to pass that's no what that's no what not everybody that i presented the gospel of jesus went to has has received jesus but i don't stop presenting the gospel just because they didn't receive Not everybody I pray for gets healed, but I don't stop praying for healing just because the last person I prayed for didn't get healed. And I don't stop declaring the things that the Holy Spirit's impressing upon me that needs someone to give it a a vocalization, a pronouncement, a proclamation. And if it doesn't come to pass, I'm not going to stop announcing I'm not going to stop proclaiming. I'm not going to stop declaring. And so we need to we need to realize this because a lot of reason a lot of folks they 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 stop testimonies, they stop declaring testimonies because, you know, they've said some things and they haven't come to pass. And so the enemy jumps all over them and they feel like it doesn't work for them and so they stop. I wish we could get that perseverance in the kingdom. And, and some kind of Holy Spirit tenacity inside of us that we, we just don't give up the first time it doesn't work. That, that we get something inside of us that says, I'm going to continue, 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 and continue until there's breakthrough. Until all of a sudden we start to see it. Now, when, when we talk about testimony and do it again, we talk about declaration, we're not talking about some kind of Jedi manipulation where we're trying to use language to uh, manipulate things. And, you know, Lord, I I, I just declare a 2017 Cadillac CTS in Jesus' name. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's part of the problem. You can't look at the scriptures without seeing that there is power in the spoken word. And that oftentimes when, when we speak something, when it's under the influence of the Holy Spirit and we're partnering with God, that there is power that's released. That's the whole thing of the prophetic. You can, I, I've seen people's lives completely transformed because the Holy Spirit spoke through a person and they, they articulated a message that changed a person's life just completely. And it's like, wow, that is so cool. But there's reasons why why we're we shy a little away from this is uh, sometimes sometimes we think that uh, what's coming into the church is coming back around it's a revisitation of the uh, name it claim it blab it grab it uh, that kind of thing you know that and and what there, there must have been something really powerful about that because the enemy really went after that. that. That happened in the 80s. I just graduated from seminary. I was still a dyed-in-the-wool free Methodist, so I knew nothing about what was going on among these crazy charismatics. And so I had no concept of name-it-claim-it type of thing. Didn't, didn't understand that at all. Hadn't, so I missed that whole thing. But then I, then I heard about some of the stuff. And some of it is because there was some bi- abuses. But you know, with every, with every outpouring of the Holy Spirit, with everything that's getting restored back to the church, there's always going to be some abuse. There's always going to be some people that take it to an extreme and all this kind of stuff. I don't want anybody to throw out their Bibles. I don't want anybody to throw out their intellect. I don't want anybody to throw out the promises that God has spoken to you and that you know are true. Not not after that. When we start moving into declaration and we start looking and examining testimony and see how the dynamic in the spirit realm, how these things work, you don't throw out what you know about God and the kingdom and the disciplines and you just go into blah, 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 Okay. You don't do that. You're not going to control anything with, with, with only one dimension. This, this is a whole life with God. And there are things that we, we do out of obedience. We do just because we know they're supposed to be done. And it's part of our life commitment. We read the book. We read the book. <laughs> and we speak. Oftentimes, this book will help us know what we should be speaking and so when we speak it, it, it comes forth and it's got some power and some authority behind it. We, we, we give, we tithe 10% of our income, 10% of everything that the Lord blesses us. We don't wait till we feel like it. We don't wait until there's a great anointing to give my 10%. We just do it because we know that this is part of our relationship and part of our connection with God and the kingdom. We do it. That's how things happen. You know, uh, last week, Michelle talked about our gas bill. You know, tithes and offerings come here, we pay, our, we, pay, we pay our gas bill. Tithes and offerings don't come in here and we're having trouble paying our gas bill. You know, and it's, it's, it's almost that simple. And so we, we, we do things and we don't stop doing things just because we got something new. And as we look at testimony and if there's something about that that's new for you and declarations, we're not saying this is the end all of all. You know, this is the secret ingredient that's going to make your life go from where it is way up into the heavenlies. But I think it's it's one of the things that we will begin to use to see how the enemy restrains us, restricts us, and, and we make all of these these negative comments and statements about ourselves, that brings a paralysis. And we're not able to accomplish everything that we've been purposed to accomplish by God, what he had in his heart when he birthed us. And so this is, this is I think, amazing. I, I think it's, it's, it's something that is another way in which the Holy Spirit wants to minister deep, abiding transformation in the body of Christ, in the heart of the believer, but also within the corporate body so that we'll move from where we are to where he's calling us to get out of the walls and to take this and to love people and to, and to invest in people and to speak a word of encouragement to people. You have to know that. He loves you if you're going to be able to take the risk to share his love with another. I think that's one of the reasons why, as a church, we're, we're oftentimes just inside our walls and it's us four and no more, is because we, we don't know how much he loves us. We think he loves us long as we stay in our holy huddle, and we don't realize that he loves us so much that he wants to release us into the earth. We're to be salt and light. We're to season the planet. We're to uh, go into the darkest places and release a light. Why are some places darker than others? Because there's no lights going to those places. An enemy's got us thinking that if we go into the darkest of the dark places, somehow we're going to get defiled, we're going to get contaminated, the darkness is going to overwhelm us. When the Holy Spirit calls you somewhere, I don't care how dark it is, I guarantee you the light within you will release more than what the darkness can contain. It will not be able to conceal the full revelation of his light. Okay, that's all free. Let's get back to the message. Susie, we ready? Look at Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two. I will declare your name to my brothers and the congregation. I will praise you. We're looking at declare. Okay. It's good to declare his name among us. And man, the worship set this morning was just amazing with the beautiful name, the wonderful name, the name, 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 name. And, And not just when we're, you know, on top of the mountain, but man, the context of those worship songs were fantastic. Psalm 51.15, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. His praise. Man, that's a declaration. Let's keep declaring his praise. 71.17 and 71.18, two verses up there on the slide. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds remembering all that the Lord has done for you. And speaking of that, speaking of that to him and to one another. And then not only from my youth, but now even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Oh, Jesus, that's my prayer. that's my prayer. We've got a job to declare the power to the next generation. We've got a responsibility. Uh, Psalm 96.3 says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Yeah. Everybody needs to hear what the Lord's done. Who he is, what he does. And then in Hebrews, we go to the New Testament. However, this is the most Old Testament book in the New Testament. And he says, uh, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. I don't know, isn't it just fun to sing the praises of the Lord together? This morning, I just really, really enjoyed singing with you the praises to the Lord. It was so much fun. It was so, he's so deserving, he's so wonderful. It was amazing. Uh, then the last two verses here I got is First uh, Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wondrous light. Wonderful light. Hmm. Wow. And First 1 John 1, 1.5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. I don't know, if you, if, you, if you just wake up in the morning and if you're like RB, you wake up when it's still dark outside. He's one of those early birds. And just proclaim, Lord, your light's going to shine in darkness today. Your light is greater than darkness there is no amount of darkness that, in any way that can dim the glorious light of your presence, of your gospel, of you living inside of me. Let's take the light to the darkness. So as I was looking at those, I, I, I thought, man, there's two in Psalm 71. Let's go look at Psalm 71. Because it talks about when he was young and when he's old. And sometimes these days, I'm looking at the old stuff a little differently than I used to. And I'm thinking, okay, let's look at this old stuff. So I've got this. It's in the New Living Translation. I just enjoyed that so much. So if you've got the NLT, you can follow along in your Bible. If not, you might want to follow the slides. Oh, Lord, you are my refuge. Never let me be disgraced. Rescue me. Save me from my enemies, for you are just. Turn your ear to listen and set me free. Be to me a protecting rock of safety, where I am always welcome. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. Now, we believe David is the author of this psalm. It starts off, uh, the first three verses are the same as Psalm 31. And it's amazing how uh, oftentimes this can... You know, David was, was hunted down and pursued. Uh, everything wasn't just a bowl of cherries. And every time you read a psalm, it wasn't when he was king. It wasn't necessarily when he was sitting on the throne. It may have been when Saul was pursuing him or uh, others were after him. But here, this psalm... You kind of get the feeling that this isn't one of those peachy days. <laughs> Everything's going well. He's got his A game going and he's just really looking forward to living life with God. He's got he's got some adversaries. He's got some difficulties. He's got some hardship coming. So we go on to verse 5. Oh Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I'm always praising you. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. This is a good, this is a good technique for us <laughs> in our day-to-day intimacy with the Lord. David doesn't cover up that he's having a bad day. He, he doesn't cover up that there's things coming and pursuing him. But what he does is he goes back and he just remembers the Lord has been faithful to me my whole life. The Lord has been good. He remembers all the way from his childhood all the different ways in which the Lord has intervened, all the way that the Lord has protected him, all the ways that the Lord has been his rock. And so he's, he's just great. And, and he's not going to stop praising him just because he's got a tough day. He's got tough circumstances here. Poke your neighbor and say, hey, we're not going to stop praising him just because today he's got some hard bumps. I will declare your glory all day long. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 9. Verse 9. And now in my old age, don't set me aside. Just because I've got some gray hair, please don't put me out to pasture. Don't think my my purposes are done and I I have no value. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. Okay? This is interesting, especially as as we look at declarations. Declarations never lie. But declarations oftentimes speaks from from a vantage point that goes beyond our circumstances and beyond our present. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will help us look into the future so that we can proclaim that which is waiting for us, even in the midst of our of our lack, our need. And so here, here he is, his strength is failing. You know the, the passage of scripture where we, we had that one praise song way back in integrity days, you know, let the weak say. I am strong. Okay. Did you catch that? Let the weak say, I am strong. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of that Hebrews calling that which isn't as though it is. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those biblical things. But you notice he, he doesn't say, let the weak say, I'm not weak. The scripture never tells us, you know, let the weak say, I'm not weak. I'm not weak. We don't deny where we are, but we proclaim who we are and where we can go, where we can be. I am strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right. My strength is not in my own energy and resources. <laughs> to me, this was such a revelation because a lot of times I think people that that got burnt in the name it, claim it kind of thing, see this as, as denying reality. No, in the kingdom, we never deny reality. But there are things that we see in the kingdom that trump our reality, okay? But we don't say, I'm not weak, when we are weak. Let the weak say, I am strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There, there, we have resources, we have access to things that go beyond just our temporal present situation, our, our time-space continuum right now. and we want to, to hear what the Lord's saying about us. Because it's oftentimes that it's in our very weakness that His strength is, is exhibited in miraculous ways, glorious ways. OK? Verse 10, for my enemies are whispering against me. They're plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him. For there's no one to help him now. Oh my. Has anybody heard the evil one say that lately about you? (laughs) (laughs) And it depends on what kind of... Uh, what kind of theology and what kind of thinking's going on in your in your head and your heart uh, depends on how the enemy will use this. You know sometimes it'll it, be, "Oh, god 's abandoned me. I forgot to put my tithe in. oh i 'm going to have a terrible week, I didn 't tithe. Oh Jesus, help. I know the enemy knows that i 'm vulnerable now i 've done the unpardonable no, whatever that is for you, you know. It could be that you got up and didn't have devotions. And now you think that you are just a, a green for every demon in the kingdom of darkness. Whatever is your rabbit's foot that makes you feel spiritually secure and confident because of your performance, because of something that you've done that's just... No. When you're weak, he's strong. Don't worry about that. And when the enemy starts to to do this kind of stuff, you got to really, really take it to heart. I woke up this morning, oh, a little before five, had a dream that was just horrible. You know, after I talked to you last week about making sure you take authority over your dreams, man, it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, just like, you know, you preach on worship and worship's doubly dead and you preach on prayer and nobody can get anything to leave the ceiling. And, you know, and it's like, okay. I woke up crying and it was a horrible dream and it had to do with one of my kids and and uh, I couldn't go back to sleep. I woke up distressed, had a medical pronouncement on one of my kids and all this kind of stuff. And in my dream, I was feeling all this pressure and all this tension from so many different places. And it's like, and when I heard, when I heard the pronouncement, that's, I, I just crumbled. I just, I would, I just dissolved in a puddle of, there was nothing there. So I started talking to the Lord, Lord, what, what does this mean? Is the Lord, is the enemy messing with my dreams? Because I won't let him get away with that. So I went in and prayed for my kid and bring healing. Yeah, Lord. But then it wouldn't just go away. So I got up and I started thinking, Lord, what is this? And I got out and I started typing and I journaled the dream and I put it down. I talked about what I was experiencing in it, looking through all the different things. And, and I thought, Lord, am I just not aware of how how heavy things are? Have I got some kind of pseudo pseudo sense of, of strength or something, you know? Duh, duh, duh. And he said, no, no, that wasn't it. And it wasn't the other thing. And I was, I was just looking at that and I was just trying to figure out what is it, Lord? And it came to the bottom of, of, I think what the Lord was trying to teach me through the dream is a greater intimacy. See, I I think there's things that we've got to have with the Lord before something adverse, as even the psalmist is talking about, where they say God's left him and now he's vulnerable and he's, and he's abandoned. And sometimes that can, you know, that can be a, a disaster that hits or it can be a medical pronouncement. There's cancer or something like that. And all of a sudden, everything just... And, and you're, you're just crumbling. And I was looking at my relationships and I think the Lord was saying, you know, there's, there's more to intimacy than what you realize. Now, I want you to think about your relationships this morning. How do you build intimacy in your relationships? What is it that your spouse wants? What is it that your friends, your closest friends want from you? What is it that the Lord's looking for in a deepening intimacy with you? So I thought, well, Lord, I I need to get a visual aid here today. And I I, I know that everybody would probably like to volunteer, but Deb, you get to be my volunteer. Come Come on. Pray for me. But you know, the intimacy that I have with Deb oftentimes is we're just walking along. And we're talking. I always like to hold hands, physical touch. So we're talking. We're, we're enjoying one another. We're walking around the neighborhood. We're doing this. And this is, this is good. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. And I said, Lord, I really haven't thought about what would make for a greater intimacy with Dad. And if I'd really thought about it, probably not using her as an illustration would be at the top. <laughs> But I was thinking, you know, a lot of times we hold hands, but you know, I would, this feels a little better when we're walking. You know, this is, this is a little more intimate. This, this is a little better. And then I thought, you know, when, when we stop, you know, it's looking, it's looking right. This face is just gorgeous, just beautiful and, and just looking blue eyes. Oh my Okay, I'll let you go back before I get, get in big trouble. But that's what the Lord was talking with me about this morning. And I thought about walking with Deb and I thought, okay, what kind of intimacy? How, how do I take intimacy with her to another level? And then the Lord morphed it into how do I take it to another level with him? He delights in everything that we're doing right now. He really does. He enjoys it. But he's always inviting us to a a deeper level of intimacy. And I don't know what all that is. Sometimes, you know, when we're walking, I'll do all the talking. Sometimes I find it's a little more intimate if I shut up. (laughs) And listen and allow her to do the talking. And it's amazing some of the things that she has to say. And a lot of times, you know, I want to object and help refine her thought and her perception and all that. And it's like, you know, that doesn't build any intimacy with her whatsoever. How many times have I corrected you, Deb, and you felt closer to me? Zero, zero. And it's like, okay, when, when we're walking with the Lord, we don't need to correct him, but sometimes we try to. And when he's walking with us, oftentimes he won't correct us. He, he just wants to get, help us get it off our chest. He just wants us to get it all out. And somehow, guys, special tip for you. If you will listen to the woman, if you'll listen to the woman and allow her to speak, and I think it works for men too, when we speak and we get it out, the Lord doesn't have to do anything because we've heard it and we say, oh, that's what I need to do. And sometimes we figure it out because we've been with someone who loves us enough not to interrupt us. Hmm. So I think the Lord was giving me a lot of marriage counseling this morning (laughs) (coughs) that applies to my relationship with him and with everyone. How do we go for a deeper, deeper intimacy? Mm -hmm. So Lord, when they say that you've abandoned me and my situation and my circumstances and the trauma of, of living in this world hits and it hits in a, in a horrible, wicked way and it takes all the air out of my sails and it feels like I've got the wind knocked out of me and I can't catch my breath. Lord, hurry, help me. Oh God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry and help me. <laughs> Bring disgrace and destruction on those who accuse me. May humiliation and shame cover those who want to harm me. Then there's a transition. But I will keep on hoping for you to help me. Okay, the Lord hasn't, up until verse 13, we just got the identity, we've got the setting. We've got the setting that he's in trouble, that there are those that are pursuing him to do him harm, that there's a real sense in which the the enemy thinks, ah, the Lord's abandoned him, he's mine, let's go kill him. Let's go do real destruction to him. But in the midst of that, this is what, what the psalmist says. I, I'm going to keep hoping. I'm going to keep hoping for you to help. me. I will praise you more and more. So there he is. This isn't name a claim it. This isn't blab it, grab it. This is what you do to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hmm. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. This isn't a happy Sunday for him. Yet all these things that he's doing, you would think he's on on top of the mountain. All day long I will proclaim your saving power, for I am overwhelmed by how much you have done for me. In the midst when he thinks the enemy's about to take him out, he's overwhelmed with all that the Lord has done. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just and good. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I have constantly told others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare to you? Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship. But you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, O God. I will sing for you with a lyre, O holy one of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have redeemed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long, for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. What's he do in the midst of of this devastating hardship that he's facing? He says he's going to keep on hoping. He's going to praise The Lord more and more. He's going to tell everyone about the Lord's righteousness. He's going to proclaim the saving power. And he's overwhelmed when he remembers everything that the Lord's done for him. Then he's going to praise the mighty deeds of God. He's going to tell everyone that God is just and good. And then he goes back to just historical, he goes back to his childhood. He's constantly told others about the wonderful things you do. He focuses on the wonderful things that God does. He's not not denying that he's in a hardship. In the hardship, he is proclaiming and declaring all the wonderful things that God has done. Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Declaring your testimony when you're in a hardship. Declaring your testimony when, when life is squeezing and the pressure and the stress is so great you think you're about to pop. See, this isn't... To me, this is a wonderful biblical example of testimony declaration. He's declaring everything that's true. Sometimes he has to go into the past tense to remember all that God's done. But when he does, he gets overwhelmed with the goodness of God, all the things that he's done. And in the present tense, he proclaims the righteousness of God. He he tells others. He gives testimony. He, He tells what God means to him. He shares that with everyone. And and then his desire is to make sure that those that don't know, this next generation, you know, the generation that never saw the parting of the Red Sea, that they get to know and have declared through testimony the power of God. The story continues. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the highest heavens, You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship. See, he's not denying. This is not a denial state. But you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. Wow. I don't know what kind of understanding David had But over and over again in the Psalms, he knows that even if he goes down to the grave, he says, Lord, who's going to praise you there? Raise me up, Lord. Deliver me from death so that I can praise your name in the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. That is an understanding of God that is a good God. Is a God who loves and, and the person is so thoroughly grounded in the love of God that in the midst of hardship he's able to proclaim you know I'm going through it now but this is temporary this is temporary i know the goodness of god and the comfort of god and the honor of god is coming around the corner and so he declares it i think that's i think that's in bounds for us i don't think that's moving towards heresy i don't think that's moving towards unrealistic a reality, I think that is the way we as kingdom-loving people can look at our difficult, difficult situations. Now, in case you're wondering, I don't want to have anybody appointing themselves as the negative policeman always blowing the whistle when someone makes a confession that's negative. You all are not allowed a whistle to blow on anybody who's sharing a difficult moment. And if I hear about it, you're going to go to the principal's office. No way. That is out of bounds. But I do want us to encourage a new way of trying to speak and to speak to one another and trying to bring the very best to light, okay? Now, one of the examples is Rick B. and I, when we go play golf and we hit the golf ball and it's heading towards a bad place that you don't wanna be, we're gonna try to get positive on that. Because we both have similar kind of expressions like, oh, lost that ball, or it's in the lake, or it's under and, and then we get up there and we find it, no, we didn't hit it that far. It didn't make it to the lake. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We, we got a shot. It's, it's per- pretty good. What do you say? Probably 90% of the time when we think we've just boogered ourselves, we still have a shot. And it's like, okay. It's those kind of things. But here's the thing. If I'm saying, oh, I think I just lost that ball. Rick's the one that says, no, that's, that, that, that's going to be findable. We're going to get that one. Almost every time. Unless he knows I hit it in the graveyard. <laughs> if it's in the graveyard, then there's no hope for that one. But, you know, I, I use that just as an illustration to say, when you hear somebody, don't blow the whistle and say, hey, that's a negative confession. Don't you do that. No, just say, no. Let's, let's go out and see if it's playable or let's encourage them, especially if, if, if the enemy is trying to close around them a, a restricting kind of life and all they see is difficulty on all sides. Sometimes it's good to get an encouraging word that the Lord knows and he's not bound by our circumstances. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Hmm. I know, Lord, that this is, this is something that really has power and it's really good. But the enemy has, has taken so many things that are really good and skewed it so that we reject it. And so, Father, we want We want to have a a more intimate relationship with you so that our, our faith is in our relationship, not in a formula, not in a principle, but our faith is in a relationship with you personally. And so, Lord, I ask that you take us deeper than we've ever been and that you continue to encourage us and grow us and you show us how to say what you want us to say In those moments when you need a word proclaimed that's going to release power. And Lord, how not to say what we don't need to say when we're going to say something that's going to give (laughs) darkness a greater opportunity to do harm. Thank you for these, my brothers and sisters your sons and daughters. I pray, Lord, that you would hold each one close to your heart today. So close that fear would have to leave. So close that whatever level of darkness the enemy's trying to dispense would find no place to be deposited. I pray, Lord, let light be released in the earth today. Let truth be. Let the word that encourages, that word that heals, that word that blesses, let it be on our lips for your glory, O Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast.